Thank you, gentlemen. They looked really nice today, too, didn't they? I don't know if you noticed that or not. I did. Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to the book of Luke this morning. I'm going to ask if an usher could help me with a glass of water this morning. It's not for an illustration, it's for my throat. Luke. I love music. How many music lovers are in the house? Yeah. We're blessed here at Victory Life, are we not? With wonderful music. And uh, let's not ever take that for granted, but let's always fully enjoy and participate and enter into the to the music and to the worship here. I really love music. On my turnstile at home is Handel's Messiah. Maybe you listen to that during the holiday season. The Carpenters. Now let me do a little history lesson here for some in the room. The Carpenters are a, a, an artist uh, that, that sang in the 1970s. The 1970s, that's the Carpenters. I have Karen Carpenter on my turnstile. Merry Christmas, darling, and I'll be home for Christmas, and Ave Maria, and all those other wonderful songs. I also have Mandisa on my turnstile, and uh, thank you, Tom. That's yes, miss to you. I'm just kidding. I try to get people to call me Miss over Ma'am as many times as I can. So I have Mandisa on my turnstile too, a little soulish Christmas. And I have the sounds of the season on the TV station on my uh, cable system so that I can hear the sounds of the season. And growing up, uh, music was a big part of my household whether my mom was playing the piano or my dad was listening to Andy Williams LPs. How many of you know who Andy Williams is? Okay, I'm just trying to take a check here of my audience. Thank you for even some of you 40-year-olds are saying you know who Andy Williams is. Or uh, maybe even uh, Lawrence Welk. He, he was a big part of our household. Lawrence, yeah. They're bringing Lawrence back. I saw him last night, uh, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, and a few things from the 90s, you know, uh, an American icon, Lawrence Welk. And we used to sit every Saturday night when we were putting uh, Vaseline on our, on our patent leathers and getting uh, our clothes ready for church, and we, we grew up in a culture of Lawrence Welk. So there was just music uh, in my house uh, as a kid growing up all the time. You know, the song is one of God's greatest gifts, to be able to have song. Maybe you're not a singer here formally in a formal sense. Maybe you sing from the heart. But nevertheless, God has given us a beautiful thing in song. It's one of his greatest gifts Maybe you're trained enough in music and you understand the the symmetry of music or the mathematical balance that's in music between measures. Maybe you appreciate close harmony in music. You love it when the voices can come real close or the instruments can come real close 
to, to the same note, yet play a, a note that complements and makes for harmony with the others. You know, song, more than being learned, song was really meant to be something that comes from the heart. Something that comes from deep down inside of us, deep down in our soul. Because many of us can sing in our hearts, but we can't sing with our voice. Or we can, but nobody really wants to listen to us. When song was created by God, he invested power in it. Maybe you experienced some of that power this morning in our worship time or in the choir song or in the quartet music this morning. God invested power in music because it can affect the singer and it can affect the listener. You see it all around you, don't you, the power of music. It's all around us. Music has power for good. Music has power for evil. Music has power to inspire and lift, and encourage, and edify. And you've heard it too, so have I. Music has the power to depress, and bring down, and to make low. Music has the power to glorify God, or to turn people away from him. The song was created by God with power. The song is really not something that you just learn, and although all the music that you've heard through the Christmas season here at Victory Life, trust me, we learned it. Right, Kim, Dave, Rachel, Kathy, Dan, and so forth and so on. Starting back in September, we learned the music. We rehearsed the music, we went over the lines of the music, the lyrics of the music, the harmonies of the music, and how the harmonies fit together, i.e., O little town of Bethlehem. But there's something more than learning music. There's music that seeps down into your heart. There's music that comes from the heart. It's not just something that you learn. When I moved into my house on 17th Street, I started to do some work outside, and in my neighborhood, I would hear something like this. If you know that tune, lift your hand. Okay. Still with me? Good, I'm doing all right then. I'm not a real good whistler. And I used to look around, and I think, where is that coming from? And I couldn't see the person. So I knew it was a whistle, and I, I just, I could not see the person. This year, I was outside decorating my, putting my lights out in the front of my house, and this van stops on Phelps, puts its flashers on, and a white-haired man gets out of the van and walks over. Like your lights, in fact, Dan Ball, this is a job for you. I, I got a side job for you if you don't mind. It pays. It pays money. So He came over and he said, wow, you really, and we started talking about the, the lights on my tree and all that. And uh, I said, where do you live? And he says, my name's Bill Obendorf, and I live over on 18th Street, right around the corner. And I said, do you live in that tan house right there? And I pointed at it, and he goes, yep, that's my house. And I said, you know what? I said, this is going to sound strange, but 
I hear a whistler from that direction regularly when I'm outside, especially in the spring and the fall. He goes, that's me. I go, first of all, let me compliment you on your whistling. You're a good whistler if I can hear you almost a block away. Strong whistler. He says, do you know the song that I whistle most often? I said, I've heard too. Uh, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. And he said, yes. And I said, when I survey the wondrous cross. And he said, that's my favorite song. And he says, you know what? When I come out to do my yard work, I never plan to whistle. I just do. Songs come from the heart. Whistling comes from the heart. It's just, a, it's just a, an overage of the heart. So in case there's people in the room that really don't like whistling, think of it like this. You're listening to a happy heart. You're listening to a happy heart. Somebody whose heart is spilling over with song. You see, song is a heart thing. There's a lot of good things about learning music in your head. But until it drops down into your heart... Until song takes root in your heart, it's just a good melody. See, the presence of song as well as the absence of song speaks of the condition of your heart, of my heart, because song is a heart thing. A song is meant to be sung or whistled or expressed. Song is weaved throughout Israel's life. In fact, we hear Moses raising his voice to sing on the banks of the Red Sea. Let me put a fairly contemporary tune to what he sang in Exodus 15. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. The Lord is God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Did he sing it like that? No, I think he probably had a bass voice. We don't know what the tune sounded like, but we do know that when Moses crossed over, can you imagine on that miraculous day, he didn't step over and go, praise you, Lord. (laughs) I really can't envision it. Can you envision it? Well, thank you, God. Hallelujah. We made it over. Don't think it happened that way. I think there was an exuberance. There was a song. There was something where Moses didn't have to get his chord chart out. The Lord is God and I will praise him. It was something that was just down deep in his soul. And the moment that he was freed and the children of Israel crossed over, that song started bubbling up on the inside of him. And he stood on the banks of the Red Sea and he sang those words. What a great song. We also see, hear the song of Hannah being lifted up as she brings her son Samuel to the temple. She sings words like this, My heart rejoices in the Lord. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Here Hannah was giving over her only born son, the only son or daughter that she would ever have, she brings her son to get, dedicate her son to the temple. And as she's dedicating, she realizes that the God of her salvation, her rock, has accomplished this. And this song wells up inside her. 
and she sings. The Psalms is a songbook of the Israelites. Sing unto the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And today, in the first Christmas story, we see song. Take your Bibles, I know you're there, in Luke chapter 2. Do you realize that in Luke 1 and 2, the first two chapters of Luke, there are six songs. Now you might say, and Pastor Matt referred to it last week, you may see the words, and praised and glorified. Okay? I would want to venture to offer to you that this happened in song form. That Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and Mary and the angels and the shepherds all release their praise in song unto God. Luke chapter 2, verses 1, and read with me, if you will, the first 14 verses. And what better Sunday to read these verses than today? In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went into his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Here we see the angels praising God and I believe singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. At the, at the announcement of Christ, there was an outburst of heaven. The angels began to announce with song praise to God. It was as if the earth was going to erupt with such great news, with such heavenly announcement that the angels just burst on the scene as if they almost couldn't contain themselves with the glory of this announcement. Their song came rooted in the truth. Their song came because of the rejoicing that was going on in heaven. I wonder if a few angels just kicked a few out and said, go tell them. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is pregnant with rejoicing. And it spilled out into the skies of earth. And we saw the angels pronouncing Christ's birth in song. If you follow down to verse 15, 
We also see that when the shepherds, or when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which they were just told by the angels. So here we see the shepherds in response from the heart, glorifying, singing praise unto God. And later we know in Matthew 2, as the wise men came to the house where the Christ child was, when they saw the child and his mother, they bowed and they worshiped him. But the first song of the Christmas story was Mary's song. And if you'll turn back to the last passage we're going to look at this morning, it's in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 46. This is probably the most joyous, the most beautiful song that was sung in the Christmas story. Mary had a reason for song. Mary's reason for song was not rooted in circumstances surrounding her situation. Mary's circumstances surrounding her situation were going to be pretty tough. She was going to face a family that probably did not fully understand. She was going to face a peer group who were probably going to make fun of and shun her for her immoral, quote, immoral activity. She was going to find in the village families that she had grown up around not compassionate and not understanding of this great story, this great tale, if you will, that she was going to tell about the appearance of the angel to her and what took place as a result. So Mary did not sing because of circumstance. That's a good lesson for us today. We are so circumstantially based. We look at the goods and the bads, the highs and the lows, the things that are happening in our life and the things that aren't, the things that we're happy about, the things that we're sad about, the ideal and the lack of the ideal in our life, and therefore it affects our song. Mary was not affected by the circumstance around her. The song had come to live in her. The song had come by the Holy Spirit to live in her, and that created her song. Why did Mary sing? Look at verse 46 of chapter 1. And Mary sang, My soul praises the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Mary needed a Savior. The Roman Catholic Church today holds Mary very high because of her chosen role as the mother of Christ or as we hear the mother of God. And indeed, her role is a sacred and a reverenced role. But Mary, by her own confession here, says, I need a Savior. I rejoice in God, my Savior. Just like Mary We need a Savior. I need a Savior. You need a Savior. 
We need someone who will rescue us, who will reach his arm of salvation to us and say, I will save you, I will redeem you, I will wipe away your sin, I will bridge the chasm between you and my Father, I will be the Savior. We need a Savior. Let me say, not only have we needed a Savior, today we need a Savior. You know what I'm saying? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? Are you catching what I'm throwing? I need a Savior today. You got some stuff going on in your life and you can nod at me going, I need a Savior today. I need a Savior. Are we secure as believers today in our future regarding salvation? Yes. Are we cleansed by the blood of Jesus through salvation? Yes. But for hope and strength and faith and endurance and perseverance, today we need a Savior. Amen. The world is getting darker. We need a Savior. Who's going to keep our faith strong? Who's going to give us the strength to endure and persevere that difficult thing that we're facing in our life and in our family and in our home and in our workplace? Where's that all going to come from? We need a Savior. Christ has come to be today your Savior. He says, come, look to me, I'll be your Savior today. Mary needed a Savior. We need a Savior Matthew 1.21 tells us that he has come to be that Savior and she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. My friends, we have a reason to sing today. We have a Savior. We have a Savior. Our eternity is secure When you lay down and you close your eyes for the final time on this earth and you open your eyes on the other side, you have a Savior. You have someone who's ushered you from the presence of this life into the presence of the eternal God. You have a Savior. You have a Savior today. Your sins, past, present, future, are completely washed away. You have a Savior. And when life gets hard and things get tough and tears flow and you cry out to God and you look to him for what you need, you have a savior. You have a song. You have a song. He lives inside of you. Let me encourage you today. Sing it. Sing it. Sing the song. I've got a song. No one can hear it. I've got a song. Na, 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 na. I have it. You don't. Yay for me. Too bad for you. Oh, no. Wasn't uh, the message given to the shepherds? And the shepherds said, Let's go tell. Let's go tell it. Oh, but Pastor Cindy, you know, I'm in a situation where nobody wants to hear this. Oh, yeah, the harvest is white. 
Jesus said it from his own lips. The harvest is white. People are hungry, tired, weary, sad, lonely, at the end of their rope. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. They are looking. You have a song. Sing it. Sing it. You have a Savior. Tell it. Tell it. We have a reason to sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the Messiah has come. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it is Jesus, God's Son. Go ahead and sing. Hallelujah, hallelujah, the Messiah has come. Hallelujah, hallelujah, it is Jesus, God's Son. Sing it from your heart now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Messiah has come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is Jesus, God's Son. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Messiah has come. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It is Jesus, God's Son. Why did Mary sing? She had a Savior. Why did Mary sing? Verse 47. For he has been mindful of the humble estate of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And verse 52. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up. The humble. Why did Mary sing? Because in her humble, lowly place, her needing of mercy, Mary encountered God there. God saw her there. God knew her there. Have you ever thought of it this way? God saw Mary in Palestine. So what's the big deal? Palestine is not as big as the state of New Jersey. And God saw Mary in Palestine, in one of the 12 provinces of Judea, in a small village called Nazareth. God has pinpoint vision. He has the ability to zero in right into your soul, right into your situation, right into your residence, your workplace. He has pinpoint vision. He saw Mary out of multitudes. He sees you out of multitudes. God hasn't forgotten you. God sees your place. He knows where you are. He hasn't overlooked your problem or your need. He knows exactly what's happening in your life. And not only did God see Mary, but he came to her. He filled her. He moved in her life. Why did Mary sing? Because God saw her. And she knew it. God identified her. God placed his son within her by the Holy Spirit. God chose her. God picked her out. My friend, the scripture tells us today that you are chosen. 
You are a holy priesthood. You are a chosen people. God knows you just as much as he knew Mary on that day when he announced to her the visitation of the Holy Spirit. Why did Mary sing? She had a Savior. Why did Mary sing? She wasn't forgotten. God had not overlooked her. And finally, why did Mary sing? Christ, the Savior of the world, came through her. But the angel said to her in Luke 1, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Jesus, the Savior of the world, Mary, will come through you to be received personally into your life and into the lives of thousands and millions of people who will also receive him into theirs. John 1.12 tells us, But to as many who have received him, to those who believe in his name, he gives the right to become the child of God. Why did Mary sing? The Savior of the world was to come through her. Why can we sing? The Savior of the world has come to us to live in us, to dwell in us, to take up a dwelling, excuse me. How many of you have had the cold, flu, yuck? (coughs) Not alone. (coughs) This is a song of Christmas. This is the why and the wherefore and the reason that we have to sing. We have a song. We have a song because we have a Savior. We have a song because he's found us in our lowly state. We have a song because Christ has been given to live within us if we receive him. My heart for you this Christmas as we close this morning is that you are in touch with your song. Life has a way of stealing our song. Had that feeling? Busyness or just the tough things of life robs us of our song. Pretty soon we're in the doldrums like many other people are because our song has been taken. Our song has been dampered. Our song has been robbed of its, of its joy. This morning my prayer for you is that the Lord stirs up in you a song, the song of Jesus that's inside of you. Because if he dwells there, if you've accepted him into your life, there is a song. And that song is to be sung. Oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend on us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. 
We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending a song. Thank you, Jesus, for entering into this world as a baby to be the song of your Father into our hearts through your birth and through your death and your resurrection and your coming again. Lord, we have a song. And Lord, for some of us this morning, the song has been put away the song in light of the problems of our lives has been not sung this season. Oh Lord, I pray today that you will renew and refresh your song in us today. For Jesus Christ, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And your life in us, Lord, can be stirred once again. So Lord, I pray that you will renew your song in us today. And Lord, for those of us this morning who may be sitting here and we have never accepted Jesus Christ into our lives, we know nothing about this song. We've never sung this song. We've never experienced this song. We've never enjoyed the peace and the fulfillment and, Lord, the blessing of the song. But we've never received the song. So briefly, I'm just going to ask us this morning with our heads bowed, and our eyes closed, what better day to accept the song of God into our lives but on Christmas Sunday. I'm going to ask that you just be reverent and not look around this morning. But if you've come this morning, you say, Pastor Cindy, I've, I've not received the song of God, Jesus Christ, the, the living song of God into my life. My life is without song. It doesn't have purpose. It doesn't have hope. There's no peace. I need Jesus Christ. I need a Savior. And I know that today. And so by lifting my hand, I say, Pastor Cindy, I'm accepting the song. I'm receiving the joy. I'm receiving the peace. I'm receiving my Savior today, Jesus Christ. Would you just lift your hand this morning? I'm receiving Jesus Christ as my Savior today. Anyone here this morning? As we close this morning, I'm going to lead you in a, a song of worship. We've sang it this morning during our worship time, but what I'm going to ask you to do this morning is I want you to sing it from your heart. You'll know the words. They'll be familiar to you. You'll have them memorized. You'll know the song. You might even know a harmony to the song. That's not that important today. What's important is that in singing a song, the Holy Spirit can stir the song in your heart once again. Will you sing this with me from your heart this morning?
Father, I pray that you'll stir the song of heaven, stir the song of Jesus, stir the song of Christmas in our hearts, for we have a song that the world does not have. May that song rise up in us this Christmas season with joy, with love, with worship, and Lord, through that singing of the song, may others around us know Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Choir, would you come? They're going to conclude our service this morning. A great song that will just uh, remind us again as we go to family gatherings, and I know a lot of our congregation is gone today traveling for the holiday, and you may be doing the same as we get closer to Christmas. As you join with others, family and friends, give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Speak his name. Pray in his name. Sing songs of joy in his name. Say a prayer for someone in his name. Bless someone with a gift in his name. Do something that will minister to and help someone else during the Christmas season. Someone that's been overlooked in his name. You have a song. I encourage you this Christmas time. Sing it. Hey, can I sing with you guys? Okay, good. Oh, AJ, can I sing? Okay.
Beautiful.